Hey, everybody. Welcome to Offbeat Wall Street. I'm Frank Miller. Every week, as you know, we excavate Egyptian tombs, unleash unspeakable evil into the world, and then destroy major cities <laughs> in an effort to put it back into its sarcophagus. Nope, all that in an effort to bring you the best information about Wall Street and the financial markets. Well, here we are, another summer of sequels, rehashes, and reboots that are completely unnecessary. And this week's offender, we've got The Mummy. So in honor of that, uh, we're honoring the ancient dark magic that keeps Tom Cruise's career going. And we're also asking the question, is the U.S. economy undead? Is the economy just stumbling around, wrapped in strips of linen, waiting for Tom Cruise to kill it or uh, jump on it inexplicably during the Oprah Winfrey Show? Earlier this month, we got some jobs data. The stats showed that employment growth last month was a bit weaker than expected. However, the unemployment rate ticked to its lowest level in more than a decade and a half. So that's pretty good. We'll take a deep dive into the data and look at what that means for the economy as a whole. We'll also preview this week's Federal Reserve meeting. The central bank is almost universally expected to announce yet another increase in interest rates. We'll take a longer view of Fed policy and see what we can expect for the rest of the year. And as always, we'll excavate some of Wall Street's dustier tombs. We've got false advertising from The Honest Company. Okay, we've got Walmart beginning to use employees for deliveries while getting rid of employees for pickups. Uh, sure, we've got an end of driving tests on the horizon. Never could quite pull off those stupid three-point turns. And we've got Burger King taking a shot at the Iron Throne of Belgium. Just remember, BK, when you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die. <laughs> eh, sorry about that. This is the uh, Book of the Dead episode of Offbeat Wall Street. I thought the Book of Amon Ra was made out of gold. It is made out of gold. This isn't the Book of Amon Ra. This is something else. I think this may be the Book of the Dead. The Book of the Dead? Are you sure you want to be playing around with this thing? It's just a book. No harm ever came from reading a book. That happens a lot around here. Well, as always seems to be the case, the Federal Reserve is front and center this week. The central bank set to announce its next rate decision on Wednesday. Now, rate hike is almost a complete lock at this point. The CME's FedWatch tool putting the odds of a rate hike at nearly 96%. You know, about the same chance that any team would lose to the Warriors. Yeah. FedWatch tracks probability using trading in Fed fund futures. Now, looking further out, traders aren't expecting another rate move for quite a while. Now, assuming there's a rate hike this time around, traders are mostly expecting the Fed to hold steady for the rest of the week. There's slightly less than a 50-50 chance of a second rate hike by the end of the Fed's December meeting. The longer-term odds are pretty fluid. A lot will depend, though, on incoming economic data. We'll get some clues additionally about that this week. Along with the Fed announcement, we'll get some stats on inflation. The government will release reports on both producer prices and consumer prices. Both are key gauges of inflationary pressures. Last month, data indicated that there may be some price pressures building on the wholesale side. However, this hasn't bubbled up into retail prices yet. The Labor Department said its producer price index climbed a half percent in April after dipping a tenth of one percent in March. Now, core prices, which exclude the volatile food and energy sectors, advanced four-tenths of one percent. Producer prices are used to gauge the level of wholesale inflation. These prices affect businesses, but companies don't always pass the higher costs on to consumers. Monthly increases of a tenth of a percent or two-tenths of a percent are considered signs of tame inflation. The four-tenth of a percent rise in core producer prices for April is a relatively hot reading. 
trading. However, economists usually look for a longer-term trend. One month isn't quite enough to make a claim that inflation's beginning to show a significant rise. It's especially true considering that the headline producer price number was down the previous month, although the higher producer prices weren't passed through to consumers. And on a separate report released last month, the Labor Department said its consumer price index rose two-tenths of a percent in April. That followed a decline of three-tenths of a percent in March. The increase in prices matched economists' estimates. Core consumer prices inched up just a tenth of a percent in April after dropping a tenth of a percent in March, while core prices had expected to rise two-tenths of one percent. The tame consumer inflation allows the Fed to take its time in raising rates. Low interest rates carry the risk of higher inflation. So as long as inflation remains under control, policymakers won't be under any pressure to dramatically accelerate their rate hikes. Get it? Got it? Good. Well, I wish you'd explain it to me sometime, Buster. <sighs> yeah, uh, what he said. You lie. I will never... Are you telling me this filthy, godless son of a pig knows where to find the city of the dead? Yes. Truly? Yes. And if you cut him down, we will give you... 10 percent. 50 percent. 20. 40. 30. 25. Ah, deal. Ah, cut him down! All right, well, let's now take a look at the other side of the Fed equation, that being economic growth. Low rates might foster inflation, but they also tend to fuel growth. That's the point of having low interest rates to spur the economy. And the better the economic growth, the better the job growth is supposed to be. That's the Fed's job in a nutshell, low inflation and full employment. Now, the employment side is looking pretty good for the Fed, with the unemployment rate recently falling to a 16-year low. Still, actual job growth remains inconsistent, leading to some concerns that the jobless rate isn't fully reflecting how the labor market is doing. In a report released earlier this month, the Labor Department said the economy added 138,000 jobs in May. It was a bit of a slowdown from the previous month when job growth was downwardly revised to 174,000. It also came in below the figure that was expected by economists who had predicted an increase of about 185,000. However, the employment rate showed another unexpected drop in the month, dipping to 4.3% in May, and that's its lowest level since May of 2001. Well, if the first concert you ever attended was an Imagine Dragon show, well, first, here's my condolences, but second, here's a quick recap of what economic life was like then. The 4.3% mark in mid-2001 was uh, actually high compared to the previous few years. Fueled by the last wave of the tech and internet bubble, the employment rate never got above 4.4% from late 1998 until June of 2001. Which brings us to the next point, that 4.3% was the last gasp of an economy that was already in recession. Following that mark in May, the unemployment rate would rise in each of the next seven months, It would reach 5.8% by May of 2002 and 6.3% by May of 2003. So the fact that the unemployment rate is low now doesn't mean much about the future. Another point of concern is the labor participation rate. We've talked about this before. It's a measure of the number of people who are actually part of the labor force. Remember, the unemployment rate excludes people who aren't actively looking for a job. So students, retirees, stay-at-home moms and dads, socialites, and general layabouts living in their mom's basements are not included in the number. And no, collecting comic books and video games does not count as employment. Just saying. And uh, after a tick-up last year, the mark has edged down in each of the last two months, and it's now sitting at about 62.7%. That's just off the decade's low mark of 62.4% that was reached September 2015. That reading was the lowest since 1977. 
Now, in fact, before December 2014, the labor participation rate had not been as low as 62.7% since the Carter administration. Now, since that time, it's been a different story. It's only been above 63% in one month since the start of 2015. Now, that casts some doubt on the validity of the low unemployment rate. So many people have taken themselves out of the labor market that the jobless rate has less meaning in terms of reflecting full employment. To compare, when the unemployment rate last hit 4.3% in May of 2001, the labor participation rate was 66.7%. That's a full 4% points higher than now. And that was low for the era. The labor participation rate reached 67% in October of 1996. That's the first time it had ever reached that high. Except for a one-month drop in February 1997, it stayed at or above 67% throughout the rest of the 1990s and through the first half of the year 2000. The level it reached in May of 2001 was its lowest mark in a little under five years. faster. Patience is a virtue. Not right now it isn't. Uh, I think I'll go get the car started. I've got it. The Golden Book of Amun Rise at Hominaptra inside the Statue of Horus. Take that, Bembridge Scholars! Okay, each week, as you know, we like to wander off the beaten path just a little bit, take a look at some money stories that aren't exactly Wall Street related. Time now for our quick hits. All right, well, first off, what's in a name exactly, right? Well, the Honest Company didn't quite live up to its moniker. The company has agreed to settle a false advertising claim related to ingredients used in its cleaning products. The company, who was co-founded by actress Jessica Alba, has agreed to pay $1.5 million to settle a class-action lawsuit that accused the consumer goods company of using a harsh chemical in its products that it had pledged to avoid. The preliminary accord resolves nationwide litigation that accuses Honest of misleading consumers by claiming that its products like laundry detergent, dish soap, and multi-surface cleaner did not contain a certain common cleaning agent, which is a known skin irritant. Instead, Honest used a similar agent that it called a gentler alternative. Well, moving on to a couple of innovations from Walmart. The world's largest retailer has found another way to exploit, whoops, (laughs) I mean uh, use, its workers. (laughs) The company is testing the concept of using its store employees to deliver packages to consumers' houses on their commute home. Walmart has termed the initiative as a last-mile innovation. Okay, the retail giant noted that the move will cut shipping costs and enable packages to be delivered faster and more efficiently, and it also gives its workers another way to earn cash. And it'll also be one more person to run over the grass in the approach of my driveway. Yeah. Well, here's the second recent innovation from Walmart. The company has built a giant vending machine for groceries. The retail giant's testing a self-service automated kiosk at a store in Oklahoma City. Using the device, customers can pick up online grocery orders at any time of the day without interacting with any employees, (laughs) which are probably busy delivering their packages. Anyway, the service allows customers to order their groceries online or through an app and select to pick up the order from a 24-hour kiosk. The service is meant to compete with Amazon's drive-up grocery pickup service. And not to be outdone, Amazon took steps last week to better compete with Walmart. The online retailer will cut its membership price for low-income shoppers. Amazon now offering a 45% discount on Prime memberships for people receiving government assistance. The move takes the monthly cost of $5.99 from the normal (laughs) $10.99. It's not very much, but I guess every little bit helps, right? Well, now to what might be the world's scariest recall, birth control pills. Yeah, Lupin Pharmaceuticals has announced a voluntary recall of certain birth control pills due to a packaging mix-up. The company received a complaint from a consumer indicating a packaging error where the blister was rotated 180 degrees within the wallet. 
Now, this reversed the weekly tablet orientation, making the lot number and expiration dates no longer visible. The FDA said this could increase the likelihood of taking the tablets out of order. Well, on to other issues of birth and succession. Burger King got involved in its own uh, mini Game of Thrones last week. The company was forced to pull an ad campaign that asked burger lovers in Belgium to crown the fast food giant as the true ruler of the European nation. (laughs) Yeah, well, as it turned out, not surprisingly, the ad angered Belgium's real royal family and its very living current monarch, King Philippe, who was crowned in 2013. The online advertisement announced the brand's launch in Belgium this month, featured a Who is the King homepage, It asked visitors to choose between the real king and the Burger King as the ruler of Belgium. But people found out that they could not vote for the 57-year-old monarch and instead were asked questions like, Are you sure? He won't cook your fries. Well, that's a pretty good point, actually. But anyway, eventually Burger King Belgium later said that it lost to King Philippe in a narrow 51-49% to vote and added that it planned to abdicate the throne as well as the title of king in a gesture toward the royal family. But I hear they are pushing for a recount. Ah, yes, chaos is a ladder. Finally, babies born this year may never need to learn how to drive. Of course, the case could be made that many people born before this year don't know how to drive, but that's a whole completely different topic. Now, that's all according to the chief executive officer of the UK insurance company, AXA. The CEO said that widespread use of self-driving cars could be a reality within 15 years. She also warned the insurance sector to be prepared to adapt to the new risks with the arrival of self-driving cars. She told the Daily Telegraph that the technology is developing so fast that autonomous vehicles could be available by 2032, meaning that babies born today may never have to take a driving test. You were actually at Hamanatra. I was there. You swear. Every damn day. No, I didn't mean that. I know what you meant. I was there. Seti's place, city of the dead. Could, Could you tell me how to get there? Thank you very much, everybody. This has been Offbeat Wall Street. If you like the show, go to iTunes and subscribe. And while you're there, why not go ahead and rate and review the show? Good ratings help others discover it. It is helpful. And make sure you let all your friends know. Check out OffbeatWallStreet.com. Follow us on Twitter at OffbeatWallStreet, like STC on the street signs. And, of course, a big thanks to the big BS, Brian Stewart, for all the script writing and fine co-production on the podcast. And, of course, thank you to RTT News for providing a lot of the news and stats used on the show. For up-to-date info on the markets, check them out at rttnews.com. And as we say goodbye, a little advice that we would like to be able to go back in time and give to the young Tom Cruise as he picked up that copy of Dianetics for the very first time. You must not read from the book! Have a great week, everybody.